Okay, Resetters, this is a special bonus episode that I really wanted to bring to you post Stephen Bartlett Diary of CEO interview that so many of you have messaged, messaged us about, commented, asked questions. It was such a beautiful two-hour, actually what you need to know is actually a three-hour interview that he took and spliced into two hours and 15 minutes. It was such a thoughtful interview and there's so many nuggets that came out of that that touched so many of you. And because of that, I really wanted to take some of the key principles and and highlight them and talk with you in more detail about them. And so in this episode, what I really want to highlight is the clickbaity statement that came out of the beginning of his podcast, the um, the reel that was out there, that and the TikToks, a lot of TikTok videos are now out there highlighting what I meant around this word feminism and that the feminist women were not going to like what I had to say. So what I want to do in this episode, this bonus episode with you all is really break down that statement and what I meant about the female body needing more rest. And I I really truly believe we need a rebrand of this idea of feminism because there's so much that we have to still discover and learn about our bodies that we don't know enough about. And so what I want to do on this episode is really talk about parts of the female body that aren't being discussed enough, that aren't being honored enough. I want to have that conversation with you here about what aspect of the female body needs rest and what aspect of the female body can really push through and be this high achieving woman that so many of us want to be. Because we have a beautiful mixture of both. So I really want to break this down for you. And I will tell you, if you haven't listened to the full episode, I highly, highly recommend you go and listen to the whole episode because it was one of the things that really is warming my heart about the feedback we're getting on it is that it was what I consider a really beautiful discussion between a 53-year-old woman and a 30-year-old man. And what I really want to honor about Stephen is his thoughtfulness and his real intense desire to understand women and the female body. And you'll hear in his episode how much he really wanted to understand how to support his girlfriend. And that is, is admirable. That is the, the, the love and the vibration that I felt from him sitting in this three-hour conversation was this beautiful 30-year-old man that really wanted to understand how he could support the women in his lives. Down to at the end of the episode, he really talked about menopausal women and how he wanted to understand the menopausal women in his life. Men that are listening, I just want to honor the fact that I hear that and let's all learn hormones together because the world is hormone illiterate. And so let's get to understand ourselves through the lens of these hormones. And then we can learn to support each other in it as well. So there's just been so much beauty that's come post-podcast with Stephen. Hey, Dr. Mindy here, and welcome to season four of the Resetter podcast. Please know that this podcast is all about empowering you to believe in yourself again 
If you have a passion for learning, if you're looking to be in control of your health and take your power back, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy. I I said this in Stephen's interview. I pointed out that I really want you to understand I was raised by a very, very strong woman. The message I got from my mother was, you are a woman, you can do anything. Anything in this world you want to do, you can do. And that message was poured into me from a very, very young age. I also was a competitive athlete. And so I grew up a tomboy and played a ton of sports. And I ended up going off to college on a, and, and played tennis at the University of Kansas on a college tennis scholarship. And if you guys know anything about the way scholarships work when you play a sport, there, there are coaches that demand you perform. It, it is like a mini version of professionalism, professional sports. And in that, there's no room to say, hey, I've, I have my, especially back in the 19, I graduated high school in 1987, there was no room to say, hey, I'm having my period today. I can't work out as hard. That wasn't a thing. So what we learned back in the day, and I think a lot of female athletes are learning that now, still learning this, is how to override the parts of our brain that say rest. We sh- we've learned to shut that off. And that is actually coming back in this modern world to bite many of us. And those of us going through menopause right now, it's really coming back and, and, and can really damage our menopause experience. Again, why I want to have this conversation with you. So I was raised by a powerful woman. I lived in a world where I learned to push through any, any inklings that my body was giving me, any signs my hormones were giving me, I learned to push through. I also, I want to point out so that you all understand the lens in which I'm bringing you this conversation. I am and have been for many years the primary breadwinner of my family. My husband actually stayed at home when the kids were little, yet he also has a passion for uh, protecting the environment. So he had some really cool board positions protecting open space here in, in Silicon Valley where I live. But I, I was the one that w- went off to work every day. And so I know what it's like to have to show up even when your feminine body doesn't want to because you need to do it for the betterment of, of your family. And I also have a daughter who a 23-year-old daughter that I raised to be a powerful woman. And she and I now have beautiful conversations about the ebbs and flows of her hormones, things that I didn't wasn't able to teach her when she was 13 and first got her period. So that's the lens in which I'm bringing you this episode is to really understand that I came I'm coming from a place of power. And in that I am now at 53 realizing that my push on through mechanisms are actually hormonally destroying me. And I'm for the first time in my life, I am making a stand for my hormones and learning to rest, learning to say no, and learning to find a new cadence in my life that works for me hormonally. So with that in mind, Let's dive in to the specifics of what does it mean 
to honor the rest that the feminine body needs. Here's what I want, I want to start this conversation with. When we look at the big picture of humans, both men and women, I mean, and even the non-binary community would fall into this, our number one focus for the human body is survival. And it will do everything possible to keep you alive. That principle alone is actually why fasting works so well. Because when you go into a fasted state, those survival mechanisms kick in and the body makes itself stronger. That is absolutely true for all humans on the planet. Survival will always be the number one one focus of the human body. Go back, those of you struggling to lose weight, go watch the episode that I did, uh, the solo episode that I did on why you can't lose weight because safety is a big part of it. But as women, we have a secondary mechanism within our body that is massively important that we honor. The second priority is reproduction. So when we are cycling, our body will always work towards survival and it will always work towards keeping the reproductive capabilities of the human body in order. So now, if you don't want to have kids, I'm not here to try to convince you to have kids. Believe me, I'm not. But I want you to understand that every cycle that comes around is your body is going in to these ebbs and flows with your hormones because it's preparing itself to reproduce. Every single cycle you have. And menopausal women, don't worry, I'm going to talk to you here in a moment because that in your menopausal years, that cycle is is falling away. So when I look at what's happened in this modern world to women, when I say feminist women aren't going to like this, a better choice of words probably would have been, we need to rebrand feminism. Because we have fought so hard to sit at the table with men. And I honor that. I honor that. You know, we, I just, we live in a time where we are women, we could do anything we want to do, and we deserve to do everything a man is doing. And we need a modern version of feminism to emerge. Maybe I've been thinking about a name for it. Like maybe it's called authentic feminism. Maybe it's called modern feminism. But in this next version of feminism, there needs to be some rest. And and I and I want to I want to connect to those of you that are just exhausted fighting your way in this world because I've heard from you, I've had conversations with so many women and I, and men. If you're listening, I want you to hear this. Like we're tired, we're tired. We've been fighting, and we have been ignored, and the medical system doesn't understand us. I just saw a, a, a study this morning. At, an article in the Atlantic talking about how horrible it is that that we don't have research on women alone, why women aren't even researched to to make, for us to glean some insight around what medications, what therapies, what diagnoses, like we don't have enough research on women alone. That's how underserved we are in this patriarchal world. And 
our healthcare system is a patriarchal system. It is, you walk in, you have symptoms, you're given a diagnosis, you're given a treatment, out you go, and that, and you implement the treatment. And if that doesn't work, you go back, you're given another treatment, out you go. If that doesn't work enough times, you make a decision that maybe you're going to now uh, switch doctors or switch treatments. But what's, what's missing in that diagnosis, prognosis, treatment plan is, is the ebbs and flows of women. And honestly, what's missing is rest. There's so many things that are occurring physically and mentally to women right now that all just need women to be able to rest. Everything from all the autoimmune conditions that are showing up to the cancers that are showing up to the crazy menopausal symptoms that are showing up to the millions of 20 and 30-year-olds that are losing their cycle. At the, in, the, in the core of that is rest. We just need more rest. So when we look at the hormonal differences of men and women, men, and I said this in the podcast, I'm going to keep saying this, you all have one hormone that drives you. It's called testosterone. And testosterone is made around the testes. It gets secreted into the system, and then it goes up into the brain and converts into estrogen. So those two hormones are massively important for you. You have very, very little progesterone. Progesterone doesn't run you, and she is the outlier. So when we look at women, what we see with women is that we have three hormones that run us, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And all three of those hormones are happening and made around the outer fecal cells of our ovaries. So the conversion's not happening in our brain. It's actually the, the secretion, the production is happening around it, down in, in an ovary level. And it requires, if you read the menopause reset, I talk about this team of organs where we have the hypothalamus, pituitary, and ovaries. It's, I call it the HPO team that is constantly starting to regulate your hormones on a monthly basis. Progesterone, anytime progesterone is coming in, if cortisol is high, progesterone goes shy. So for a cycling woman, this HPO team cannot make progesterone if you are under a tremendous amount of stress the week before your period. It, you can't, you can't, you're not going to make progesterone. So to all the 20 and 30 year olds out there that have lost a cycle, I just want to ask you, can you just rest the week before your cycle. Now, in Stephen's interview, I called it bowing out. And then I, I clarified it and I said, let me tell you what bowing out might look like. And so I'm going to say this again. What does it look like the week before our, our cycle to rest when you are in a patriarchal, high, highly productive, driven world? So there's a couple recommendations I have. First is can what work can you cut? So uh, please go back and listen to the episode I did here on the Resetter podcast with Kate Northrup, where I she says she cuts her Zoom calls in half. She's an entrepreneur. She's like, I cut my Zoom calls in half. I don't do as much of the work that I do the rest of part of my cycle. 
So what work-wise can get taken off your plate? And, and I dream of a world where we say, hey, I love that work idea. I'm, I'm going to put it on my calendar for the first or second week of my cycle so when I'm going to be the most productive. So I'm not saying that we're asking to be lazy. I'm saying that we're asking to honor what's the hormonal transition that's going on in our body right now. So we have to cut work if in half, a quarter. You know, I dream of a world where we start to create a better work cycle for women. And, and Steve and I talked about that. He asked me, like, if you could create a work week for a man versus a woman, what would that look like? That look like? And it would look like more of a monthly cycle for women where the week before our periods, we either take some time off or we cut our workload in half. And I dream of a company, uh, you know, companies embracing this. The other way we can start to honor our feminine body that week before our cycle is we can stop working out so hard. That week before, when we look at our workouts, could we move to maybe more yoga? Could we move to more hiking? Could we stop pushing through that? Like that's not the time to run a marathon. That's not the time to up your crossfitting and your Spartan racing. Change your workouts just like you change your food and your fasting the way I taught you in Fast Like a Girl. Just Let's just change that week before. And I've got some really fun collaborations that um, those of you that are in the Reset Academy, join my academy. I'm, I, I've got a fun fitness program that we're going to be revealing in August there that will honor that week before a woman's period. So we can slow down work. We can change our workouts. And then... The other piece I would say is progesterone makes you very um, inner. And I think that a lot of times what happens to us that week before, the reason we're so edgy and irritable is because we just want to sit on the couch and do nothing. We want to slow down. And when we're not doing that, we're a lot more irritable. And I talked to Stephen about that. He and I chatted and he was about them and go again, listen to the full episode. But he he said you know, I said, like, we're irritable the week before our periods. And so many men are saying to me, well, you said that, not me. And I think, you know, for the women listening, this is why we have to really learn to vocalize our hormones. So it could be as simple as I just need more alone time. It's the week before my period. I'm feeling more inner. Um, I just need more alone time. And I think men who are listening should honor that. We need more nurturing. We need more alone time. That's why I called it the nurture phase in the fast like a girl is because we need to nurture ourselves. Plus, we need more nurturing from others. So this is where you say no to social engagements. This is where you just honor that it's a recovery week. And so you don't want to work out hard. You want to cut your work load down. You want to say no. You want to sit home a little more and just go within. And what I think is so interesting about the menstrual cycle is I believe that the when we actually are come into that first part of our cycle, day one, there's a shedding of the uterine lining. And we start bleeding, and we all know this, but do you know that in that shedding, you're actually detoxifying? And you're not just detoxifying uh, your your uterine lining, you're de detoxifying estrogen, you're detoxifying toxins that have been in you, you're detoxifying what no longer serves you. And guess what? When you honor this recovery part, this nurture part of your cycle, 
And you go, maybe if you journal, maybe if you meditate, go within and ask what needs to be released from my life. Because once you start to shed, you could, you have a physical manifestation of that release. I, re- I mean, this is where I wish I had a cycle again to be able to go back and really like, sh- like shed some of the patterns that, that no longer served me. So for my cycling women, of, and this can be, you know, women in their 20s and 30s, this can be a lot of 40-year-olds are still cycling, even though it's erratic. Let's use that week before our period to really tap into what we can let go of in our life. Let's look at it as recovery from exercise. Let's learn, look at it as a way to say no. My, one of my, I got a podcast coming out for you that you're going to love with Sherry Salata, ex-producer of the, uh, executive producer of the Oprah Winfrey show. She wrote an incredible book called The Beautiful No. She has a great, you don't wait till here. She has a great way of learning how to take back uh, the art of loving herself. But that week before, we can say no, we can learn no, we can learn what needs to shed, we can learn how to rest. That's what I, I dream of. And then when we do that, we come back in on day one, the best version of ourselves. Those of you that are struggling with the week of your period, it's because you didn't honor the the week before your period. If you honor the week before your period, you don't get the cramps. You don't get the hemorrhaging. You don't get the blood clots. That's all a sign that you didn't rest enough the week before. So let's start rebranding that. Because then for, you know, as far as production value goes, we're going to come into that first part of our cycle, day one and day two. I, I alluded to this in, in, the, um, in the interview with Stephen. Day one and day two, we have access to both our right and left hemispheres of our brains. Do you, do you get how powerful that is? That is like we have the creative side and the logical side lined up and talking to each other on day one, day two of our cycle. So if you could go into a more rested state and figure out what you need to let go of in your life. And then you start to bleed. And then now day one and day two, you're like, okay, the two parts of my brain that I need to work, it's like the matriarch and the patriarch, the feminine, the masculine, they're talking to each other. What do I need to hear? And really listen to the inner voices on day and one, one and two, you are going to learn that you have a life coach inside that brain on day one and day two that wants to tell you how to live an extraordinary life for you. And then when we go into day three, day four, now estrogen's starting to build. And estrogen's an extrovert. She's like, let's go. Let's do this. Let's perform. She can handle all the cortisol. If you want to put in a 12, 14-hour workday, do it. I, somewhere between like day two and, and mid-ovulation, like day 12. You're going to feel more extroverted. You're going to perform at the highest level possible. Uh, Estrogen gives us incredible mental clarity, gives us great ability to multitask, gives us incredible creativity and and verbal skills. So use it. Go for it. This is where we, this is where the feminist should come raging out of you. And then when we go into ovulation, day 10 to day 14, I want you to understand how, how creative you are. I called it the manifestation phase because you could manifest a baby, obviously, if you want, but what if you want to manifest a a new job? What if you want to write a new book? What if you want to 
um, do, you know, paint, maybe you're an artist, maybe you're a, uh, you, you, you're a, a songwriter. Maybe you want, you know, what are you creating when all those hormones are coming in? We've got estrogen at her peak. We are great verbal. Our verbal skills are off the hook during that time. We have our ability to access so many parts of our brain is going to be at its best because of estrogen's peak. Testosterone during ovulation is going to give us motivation and drive. So starting a new project's brilliant during that time. And then progesterone keeps us a little calm. Just a tad of progesterone during ovulation just calms us. And I really think that biologically that's there so that we can create, we can, you know, if I look back to those primal days, I wonder if they, they, they all gathered around the ovulating window, women and, and gleamed wisdom from us during that time because hormonally we're supercharged. So that's not a weak moment. That can also be a very profound feminist moment. And then you come out of ovulation, day 16 to day 19, 20, you're still going to, you know, the hormones dip and you still have a lot of ability to perform. And then when you get to day 20, day 19, day 20, we now got to think about progesterone and we got to cut things in half and we start to nurture ourselves. If we do that, and this is what you'll hear in Kate Northrup's um, interview that I did here on, on the podcast, if you, if you do that, you are more powerful, you are more productive, and you're not harming yourself. That's what I meant by feminists aren't going to like this. Because feminists not liking this meant that feminist movement of we can put, do anything a man can do. The Rosie the Riveter, you know, idea. And it, it's, I want to say yes, but or yes, and. How about yes, and? Yes, and we need more rest. And for cycling women, it's that week before, so our badass version of ourselves can show up the rest of the month. So for the cycling women, there's that. For my menopausal women and my perimenopausal women, what I want you to know is that after 40, and this was such a big, big part of this conversation that I, I'm having with you through those of you that are reading The Menopause Reset. My hope with that book was that it would be a book that would be given to every 40-year-old woman when she hit her 40s so she could understand how to change her lifestyle. Because what happens at 40 is your ovaries start to go into retirement. And what your ovaries do is they slowly wind down sex hormone production. And that takes about 10 years, 10 to 15 years for that, that decline to happen. It doesn't happen overnight. But as you go into those, your 40s, every year that's going by in your 40s, there is more of a hormonal handoff that is occurring. And that hormonal handoff goes from the ovaries to the adrenal glands. So what happens to the stressed out perimenopausal woman is if she's not minding her stress, her progesterone is tanking quicker than, than need be. Now, I want to point out, I am that woman. So I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching with you. Because I was her. And I came sliding into my 40s, and at 43, I couldn't sleep. I was so anxious. I, was, I had hot flashes. I, I wrote all about it in the menopause reset. I didn't recognize myself. But what I now know at 53 is going back is like, yeah, because I didn't change my lifestyle and I sure as hell didn't 
really understand the impact that stress was creating on progesterone. And I didn't understand the impact of this extra hormonal load my adrenals were having to take on. So it literally took me my 40s and I and in well into even here in my beginning th- 50s to start to understand that that I need more more nose. I need more rest. And I'm learning how to, at 53, I'm, I, I w- again, I am being very transparent that at 53, I am standing up and learning how to say no more than ever before to the point that Fast Like a Girl launched a year ago. I've literally been on a book tour for a year now. We did six months of pre-orders and then six months of, of promoting it. And I'm exhausted. I'm not going to lie. I'm tired. And so I literally repatterned my whole summer. I decided to make a stand for myself, repattern my summer, and start to nurture myself. But that was hard. I had to say no to a lot of things. I, I canceled major trips, international trips that I was really looking forward to, to learn to say no so that I didn't destroy my health. Something that's really important to me is that I practice what I preach. I never want to be a doctor that tells you what to do and does something different. And I, and I just hit a point where I felt my nervous system crashing. And it was like emergency moment. I've, I had to do something different. So if you're over 40 and you're hitting those emergency moments, if you're feeling highly anxious, it, you know, when progesterone, when cortisol goes high, progesterone goes shy. And so when she goes shy, what ends up happening is that she doesn't show up. And for the menopausal woman, that looks like I'm not sleeping. I'm highly anxious. I'm incredibly irritable. Look out. Like you're going to, I'm going to be a bitch. Get ready. Um, And I can't manage estrogen as well. So estrogen continues her wild ride. I feel like progesterone's the babysitter for estrogen. So if you're in your perimenopausal years where estrogen's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. And it's like you feel good, then you're a bucket of tears. And then you feel good in your bucket of tears. That's because estrogen's out of control. She needs she needs the babysitter of progesterone in there to be able to like entertain her. And when we're under so much stress, progesterone doesn't show up, and so then estrogen doesn't get her babysitter. I, pro- I probably could find a different analogy for that, but that's how I look at it. You know, it's like progesterone's job is to keep estrogen in check. But but from a disease level, I want to point this out. If this doesn't motivate you, toxic estrogen can get out of control especially if, if progesterone's not around. And we live in a world where you are getting toxic and estrogen mimickers dumped into you. And I, I mapped this out. I have a whole chapter on toxicity in the menopause reset. I'm so grateful that Stephen took me through the toxin piece. That is a big part of what we're getting messaged from men is this idea of, you know, how can they help their women that are on toxic products? So, we got to clear that toxic estrogen out of us and progesterone does that. So if we stay in this chronic stressed out state through our 40s and 50s, you are absolutely setting yourself up for diseases like hormonal cancers. That's how important this is. And that is one of the reasons why I've currently taken a whole stance on my schedule to be able to really mind my health so that I'm not setting myself, my future self up for diseases. So 
know if you're in those perimenopausal years how important progesterone becomes. In the menopause reset, I have a whole chapter called uh, Dear Progesterone, I'm Sorry I Took You For Granted. And I, I really feel that. But what I want, I really want you all to know is get to know progesterone and mind her rules because she needs glucose higher and she needs cortisol lower. And I wrote about this in Fast Like a Girl and I wrote about this in Menopause Reset and I'll write about this in my new book that I'm currently embarking upon. That's how powerful progesterone is. She plays by a completely different set of rules and we need to honor her or we will be sick. I actually think this is why so many women are sick right now. This is why we have so many autoimmune conditions. This is why Alzheimer's happens to women more than men. This is at the root of what's going on is progesterone's just saying, rest us, rest us. This is why we're tired. So there's a softness in this new modern feminism that needs to emerge. And we can be strong, we can be powerful, we can achieve. And if we don't want to harm our health, we need to be soft and we need to know when to be soft. I hope that clarifies this. I hope you see that my statement is really built around this idea of a rebrand for this feminist idea. I'm trying to keep us all alive and sane um, and allow us to do all the wonderful things we're capable of doing. This is not go home and stop working. That is not what I'm advocating for at all. In fact, you're so brilliant. We need your creative mind. We need you out there like pouring into communities. We're natural nurturers. We're where our brains are, are natural creators. We need us to be at our best. And I think in order for us to be at our best, we have to do what, what I just mentioned. And the last thing I will say is that I want you to understand that my, I, what I'm trying to do is open this conversation up. I'm trying to create a safe space for us all to talk about these things. Um, I, if you li are listening to this and you own a company, think about this through the lens of your employees. Um, I had a woman who I recently talked to that, you know, has over 300 employees, 80% of them are, are female. And so we chatted about how do we bring some of this concept of rest into their work environment? Because a lot of women are now, you know, bowing out of the work environment because they're, they're finding they can't do, you know, raising kids and they can't you know, they can't perform at work at the same level because it's just a lot of work. But what if we teach women how to cycle in and out of this progesterone moment so that we might be able to do it all like that? But we're going to have to pay attention to progesterone. So this is an opening of a conversation that I want you all to feel safe to have um, and share this episode with people in your life so that you can start to talk about it. Take Take what I'm teaching you here to your workplace. Take it to your spouse. Take it to your teenage daughter. Take it places that we can start this conversation. I'm not here to stand above you to tell you what to do. I'm here to walk this journey with you. And I've just been privileged to be given a platform in order to be able to do that. So, but I need you. I need you to step into this and work together as women to find a new version of this feminist lifestyle that works for us and to find a new version of health that is emerging at a really critical moment in time. I hear more women right now talking about the changes that, that the world is, is having around empowerment of women. 
And one of that, those changes is going to need to be the honoring of progesterone and the honoring of rest. So from the bottom of my heart, I truly hope that helps. I truly hope. Leave me a review. Let me know. Leave me comments. Let me know. I am listening. I am here to walk this journey with you. I am here to create, to pave the path and open up the doors for us all to have these conversations. So let's work together on this. You know, share this out, give me feedback, and, and let's be powerful together as women and men. I got an op- episode coming for you, for you because I greatly appreciate your, your heart and your, and your desire to honor our feminine body so we can be the best as well for you right? I mean, I know the joke is like, you know, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. But if the women aren't well, society is not well. We can't move, evolve forward as humans if women aren't well. We need to take care of the women now. They're tired. We're tired. So thank you for asking. Thank you for caring. And we're all, we can all do this together. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I love bringing thoughtful discussions about all things health to you. If you enjoyed it, we'd love to know about it. So please leave us a review, share it with your friends, and let me know what your biggest takeaway is.